I'll say in America, who are you and who have you become? As an individual, I know who I am. I'm 64 going on 65. And the reality is, is that, you know, there are so many things that people can do when you're not paying attention. And you just have to go back and check your work. And there are last, last three or four uh, podcasts that I did. Maybe I had the earbuds on, but I didn't think, I thought I had disconnected them. This time I know I made sure that I turned off the Bluetooth so my voice is clear and strong. I have witnessed a level of dysfunction here in America. And, you know, as I continue to age, I can see how much more dysfunctional things have gotten simply because it is a law, it's compulsory laws that all children must attend public schools. And it is also the states has been given the authority over your children if you were born in any particular state. And if you don't go to court and get custody of your child, well then God damn it, when the law gets involved in your life, they have custody and they make the decisions as to what is beneficial for your children. So many children are caught up in the foster care system here. And then they just lose children. Sex trafficking is real. And I guess that's why the children are removed in the first place. Instead of actually providing services for the family to maintain a family. Who knows? That shit is not happening. And I'm saying these motherfuckers are crazy. This is not how it should be. Yet and still it is. And when a young woman would commit suicide. No, she didn't. Yeah. On the East Coast, that was an, she was an attorney, an accomplished attorney. And so all of a sudden, she didn't jump off the balcony. I'm not so sure about that. Twitch died. Oh, Twitch was so grooving, so moving, and working with a lot of community groups. And working, I'm just, just a little unbelievable. And it really doesn't matter. Because unless you was in the room, you really don't know what was going on. And as there was something going on, because he left the house walking, that he checked into a motel. Hotel Holiday Inn. And if you can't be with your love, then you take a friend. And I think that was what was going on. It's just my... Everybody has an opinion, just like everybody has an asshole. And it's just an opinion that I have framed over time. And as I understand that every black man that has made something, even Judge Mathis and Judge Joe Brown and, you know, and and all of the black people who are made for television, you know, we need to have somebody who looks like us out there. And then white people will say, oh, I'm not supporting that anymore. It's over, your days are over. Oh, really? Just like they said, oh, Kanye, you're not a millionaire anymore. And I'm saying, well, what is this shit? We all pay taxes. We are the one people who don't get to decide that we have to have our own. We don't get to have our own whatever is not ours. We're not choosing. We don't have a we don't even have a voice in the onset of oversight for the maintenance of effort for public services. Oh no. That has been removed. Hell, we don't have any rights at all. And as an American, I believe I have rights. And I want to tell them, did you not know that I can read also? And compliance is real. But we're going to wait and see. This is the showdown over compliance or not compliant. 
you all have to understand that this is one nation under God and we do exist more than performance on the strip or in the stadium. We are Americans and we should be talking about what's not happening with the children who look like us. Until we meet again, y'all, like, subscribe, and <laughs> have a blessed day. I'll say welcome to this conversation as it is a difficult conversation as most people do not believe that we have an obligation for oversight or measuring the maintenance of effort or whatever when it comes to analyzing what's happening in your local community therein lies a dilemma as you know we've lived through so many chair sit directly in the sunshine it's getting warm but we lived through so many people who have what basically became markers in history as an American you were born when and then if you're blessed to live a long time 70 plus then understand what that actually can amount to but every day you have the ability to transition and change who you have become and you choose not to. When we see people who have the ability and the effectiveness of analyzing their power as an individual like Kanye, then understand what they've told him. They don't want him to rule as no black man has been able to rule in very long time as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I've got rats running up and down the Post over here is crazy. I don't know if that's a rat or a squirrel. It's big, whatever it is. I can see it from here. And uh, here we are, and it's the year of 2023. And the music is corrupt, and the videos are too. But when they would persecute someone for being some kind of sex magic, magnet, or having the ability to swoon power over people. I doubt that. I mean, you know, people compromise their values all the time. There was a homeless individual and somebody paid him $6. And I think maybe that was the insult that he got paid $6 to do a backflip. Well, nobody said he knew how to do the fucking backflip and he broke his neck and he died. So they're charging the young man who paid the $6 for the backflip. I mean, I'm just trying to understand what the fuck is going on here. As you know, common sense is real. And what will you do for that $6 is on you because everybody has choice, freedom of choice, as we need to understand who we are and who we have become in America, as liberty and justice means for me also. But when I'm looking at you people, and it's just a shame how far the rabbit hole we have sunk. And it's, there's a, there is a, a book called Who Moved the Cheese? Who moved that cheese? I mean, as the mice were living in the maze and life requires an imagination. How do you tie life reality to your individual 
access for development or growth. And therein lies the dilemma. You don't know. And you truly don't. Hell, I don't know. People say, well, is there a web page or something that you can just, you know, point me to? And then I will, mm, I will, I will what? Then I will go there and learn on my own terms. Well, there are many, many websites, but you still have to do a significant amount of reading. But all you have to really do is understand that it is we, the people, and we, the people, are demanding a level of accountability in 2023 that perhaps America has not seen as we can all awaken at the moment of time when we all need to awaken. I thought today was Red Tech Saturday. It is not. It is next week, the last weekend of the month. And therefore, I just went out and picked up some breakfast and spent some money in the economy and came home and uh, decided that, you know, going to work on this podcast thing. As sharing information is what I've always done, and I've always encouraged people to go and grow, my friend. Just go and grow. As you don't know what I know, and I don't know what you know, but I do know that we don't know the same thing that was intended by the purposes of the universe. So, in America, I will say, e purpose, you know, it means out of many there's one, but out of one, there may be none, but what are you willing to do in 2022? Like, subscribe, follow me, and share my podcast. We have to grow, boo. We have to go and grow. Like, subscribe, and share. Have a great day.
I tell you, when you don't do politics, when you pay, when you pay taxes, you need to understand, especially for the African-American, the Negro, the black people, who are paying billions of dollars in taxes. We, the people, do not have access to the measured outcomes and the maintenance of mandatory public services in this so wake up in America. Who will you be in 2023? Like, subscribe, and follow me. This is the change. They're talking about the recruiting foster care here, foster care families here in Nevada. But we all have to pay attention. So that's why they're in trouble with the federal government right now. Thank you, they were great questions. Chair, may I follow up just with a quick supplement? Yes, uh, for the record, Cindy Pitlock. So I just wanted to highlight something a little more that, that Amber had said. So based on the governor's directive to really look at regulations, at what is possibly overburdensome, overburdensome. Uh, that maybe the rules. are irrelevant anymore, yeah. mm -hmm. we really have pulled together all three jurisdictions and are having ongoing conversations mm -hmm. about how to streamline this process without impacting the safety of our youth. And so this has been a huge collaborative effort that we're working on. Um, and it, it, we There's have a lot of violence here in we Nevada. Really think as a group mm -hmm. that we can move forward to make this process better. What we don't want is one jurisdiction to be doing something one way and another to be doing something another way. So any recommendation that we pull it forward conflict. is going to be a collaborative effort that we're confident that our youth are going to be safe, but yet expedite the process. Oh, no. So thank you for Amber for that shout out because that is a work in progress for us. Work in and thank you for those additional remarks. We do have a question from Senator Dondera Loop. Thank you, Madam Chair. And I don't know if this question is placed in the right spot in this discussion, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And it's in reference to uh, what Assemblywoman Monroe Moreno was asking. And that is, I know that um, some of the regulations or stipulations in the home um, when children are placed there are sometimes um, necessary health regulations, but are bur burdensome. So if I have two of my own children, but I'm also fostering two other children, and I have to, I don't know, give Theraflu, I have to give an aspirin, I have to give whatever. I may, with my own children, you know, just do whatever I have to do and hand it to them, right? We've, done, we've all done that if we have children. But with the foster children, I may have to put on gloves. I may have to, whatever I do. I, I, for me, when I think about a child witnessing that and knowing that they are different, um, I think that that's, that's pretty heartfelt, right? You're a kid who is in this, you know, kind of vulnerable situation. And now somebody is saying you're really different. So I just don't know if this is the right place for that question, but it's just something that, that I have um, heard, I have had discussions on, and I just didn't know if that was some of the discussion about some of the regulations that we may change so that foster children can feel normalized and loved. Amber Hell, for the record, um, that is an excellent statement. We struggle with that every day. Um, one of the things that really helped us is 
in 2015, the Children's Bureau passed legislation called the Fostering Connections Act. And there was a big piece <clears throat> in there about normalcy and how we needed to um, allow foster children to experience as much normalcy as possible. Like they shouldn't have to get approval to go have a sleepover. They shouldn't have to have approval to um, go out of town with a family um, because it sets them separate from biological children. And so that is one of the areas They're all where into we are people's looking business. at in the race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would a foster parent do to their own biological child? And we should do the same for foster children. Mm -hmm. And we need to find a better balance of that mm -hmm. so that they don't feel like they're different. I appreciate that because I know that... Um, you know, if we're, if on the other hand, if we're writing up those foster parents, we're not going to have those foster parents eventually, right? Because they're going to go, you've got to be kidding me and move on. So, um, because most foster parents, I would um, bet my bottom dollar that aren't doing it for the bottom dollar, they are doing it out of the love of oh, taking right. care of those children. There's a whole lot of bottom dollar. Amber, even if record, you, if I could just you, add you one additional have comment. foster children, last year, you can adopt them and I still get some, the payday. I did virtual meetings with foster parents in Washoe County and just had some um, very real and vulnerable conversations with them about how they feel, how they experience the process. Um, we did eight of them. It was a humbling experience. I learned a ton. We have an action plan that we're putting forward to um, break down some of those barriers. Yeah, I wonder what Clark County's doing. Experience, um, to meet with them face to face mm -hmm. on what the challenges are and similar situations like you had mentioned um, that, that seem unfair, that seem overly burdensome, that are emotional, that we need to own and we need to fix the process so they feel supported. Um, and and make it as as supportive as possible as partners um, and so Washoe County is is actively in the action phase um, of doing just that thank you very much and I'm assuming that Clark County may be in that same phase um, we don't know well, that you're answering the we question. aren't asking every single entity I'm just assuming that Clark County and I'm hoping that they're in that same phase <laughs> may I chair Gorlo you may um, through you to you yes absolutely as as a team we are committed to looking at these placements and making it a family-like setting in the least restrictive envi environment we just need to, to understand that the haven is going on one of my colleagues the haven uh, is real so it's the harbor telephone that steak knives being out is like this big issue right well his children get to have steak for dinner like how do you not have steak knives in your kitchen right so we are all committed all of the leaders that you're hearing from today mm -hmm. are, are committed to looking at this system together to they don't have any the they're not teaching and training these kids all of this in a they are they're in the most restrictive placement in, that could ever be work that we really want to do with lcb audit to look at some of these issues together and determine what are really safety issues and what are not and i think that i just want to know system, how they're using the medical the professionals in supporting these children system. Because there's, there's no connection here, because she is. In oh yeah. This whole system. We're not talking about who the players are. To making this a more family oh, now you're committed. Environment. Yeah, because you didn't and, get your. And you I really think that that's going not, to improve our foster retention. You as well, did not get a certification like for your Part B money. 
this with the best of intentions Failing. to really help kids. It's not for the money, right? Oh no, it's, it's for really it's for your retirement. To provide a family like setting. But sometimes the barriers just wear them down. And so we're all committed to moving forward as a group. Thank mm-hmm. you for letting me comment. That is strange. Thank you. And Madam Chair, I just have one last comment and that is you can't learn how to be around steak knives if you don't aren't around steak knives, right? So Thank you. I appreciate the conversation. Clark, did you want to add anything? Of course not. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Jill Morano, for the record, I would just ditto what my partners um, who braved the snow have (laughs) said. And we are, as mentioned earlier, in the action planning phase as well so that we can work on um, addressing all the, the, the entire experience for a foster parent from the recruitment side to actually um, having a pleasant experience interacting with our staff and with our mm-hmm. workers and wanting to continue to be a foster parent. Wanting so, to continue. Um, I think we're all, we're all kind of on the same page with all that. Thank you very much. With that, we will move on to budget 3229, the Rural Child Welfare. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Chair Gorlow. For the record, Dr. Pitlock, so um, the division oversees the child welfare services for the 15 rural counties. There is mm-hmm. one item to note specific to the rural child welfare budget, which is a transfer of a federally funded program, the Kinship Navigator, mm-hmm. to a no- new budget account, which we'll cover a little later in the presentation. Oh, that's that Navigator program so, they wanted to create. Um, let's continue the conversation about rate increases. They did it. Statewide, Nevada lacks a sufficient number of foster homes, especially for youth with specialized needs. Both retention and recruitment are problems, causing youth to remain in inappropriate, non-therapeutic settings, such as Child Haven, and Kids Cottage. These youth often are housed for extended periods of time also in emergency departments awaiting appropriate placement. Supporting our foster placements in the most appropriate, least restrictive, home-like setting is imperative for the physical and mental well-being of Nevada's youth. Noting that the foster rate structure has not been evaluated or increased since 2008, We engaged a contractor, Mercer, to conduct a rate study across all rate types. We found that due to over a decade of inflation, all rates are insufficient to meet the needs of foster families and to recruit and to retain. Temporarily, we were able to increase specialized foster rates by $20 per day through internal funding transfer for the rurals and with ARPA funding for Clark and Washoe. This action was immediately necessary because we were at risk of having providers not renew their contracts at the end of the calendar year, which would have caused a catastrophic placement problem. The total cost of this investment in for retaining and recruitment for our use is 25.3 million over the biennium. The next slide is a high level summary of the state's foster rates currently funded and the proposed rates and we can certainly make that Mercer study available to you upon your request. Um, would you like me to continue or would you like to pause on rates? Let's pause on rates real quick and see if we have any questions. I believe we we may have a question from Assemblyman Hafen. Uh, <clears throat> thank, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, just, just looking at the daily rates um, specifically, uh, kind of diving into some of the contracts 
uh, looks like the rite of passage. Um, I, I believe we approved it in the, the IFC meeting in December for an increased rate to three hundred forty dollars. Um, is that is that just a one-time expenditure, or is that intended to continue uh, beyond the um, beyond this biennium? Thank you, Melanie Young, Deputy Administrator, for the record. Thank you, Assemblyman Hafen, for the question. Um, the four youth that are placed at Rite of Passage, um, our proposal and um, what we would like to do is keep those youth there for continuity um, until there is a need for change. These youth are um, have failed in many other foster placements, and so they're being successful at this location. Um, so we would request to keep those the funding available um, to be able to keep the youth there. And I, um, any specific questions further about the youth in the, that placement, we can. I'll turn the question over to uh, my colleague. Thank you, Assemblyman. Um, any other questions? I have a quick question. It kind of um, groups all the different counties together. It's my understanding that Washoe and Clark are funded through block grants and that the rules, are they just general funds only? Can you explain a little bit more about how that process works? Thank you, Melanie Young, Deputy Administrator, for the record. Yes, Washua and Clark County are funded through a block grant, um, and they administer the child welfare programs in those two counties. Um, the Division of Child and Family Services is over the 15 rural counties, and we budget for those in 3229. And so it is funded with general fund and um, federal 4B. So there's um, several other federal funding sources that are utilized to fund that program for the rurals. Thank you for that clarification. And then if there's extra funds with those block grants, what happens to those funds? Thank you, Melanie Young, um, Deputy Administrator, for the record. The block grant funds that are utilized by Washoe and Clark County, um, they retain those funds. And if there's costs over and above that, they are funded with, it's my understanding, county funds. And if there's costs underneath that, then they retain those funds. But Washoe and Clark can um, clarify a little further on that as well, if needed. Thank you. Um, yes, I would like them to clarify just a little bit more, please. Amber Hell, for the record, Washoe and Clark County receive the child welfare funding through a block grant, but it is a mix of general fund um, and Title IV-E funds. And then it's, it's put into a block grant um, and it's capped. Thank you. Clark, do you wanna make a comment as well? Yes, thank you, Jill Morano, for the record. Uh, I would just add to the, we've had several unfunded mandates that have been passed on to us since that capped block grant from 2011. And so we have approximately a $28 million shortfall. So we would love to have the problem of what do we do with all this extra money, but um, we're, a, we're a little bit short of there right now. Thank you very much. Are there any other questions? Okay, no, seeing none. 
We'll move on to budget 3146. For the record, Cindy Pitlock, the last one we will cover is 3146, and that is the Family Support Program, which transfers federal programs, the Family Programs Office, and the Programs Evaluation Unit to align with current administrative structure. Similarly to what you heard about E-491 in the administrative budget, this decision unit eliminates eight program positions related to the Children's Behavioral Health Initiative that was funded at the August Interim Finance Committee. These positions are proposed to be eliminated June 30th of 2024. We have faced uh, challenges with classification establishment and therefore recruiting for these positions. We're currently using uh, current staffing resources and through overtime and we're going to continue to work to hire both state employees and contractors to assist in addressing the ARPA mental health initiatives that we're implementing. These positions were to provide the clinical leadership, program staff, and for the development of the behavioral health authority and oversight of the quality of children's mental health programs, including provider certification and network adequacy to ensure sufficient access to the appropriate level of services. The next uh, last, uh, these decision units are the transfer of budgetary authority and positions associated with the establishment of the new budget account. And the last slide lists our position summary. And we're happy to answer any general questions you may have. Thank you very much. I believe we have a question from Assemblywoman Hadegee. Thank you so much, Madam Chair. And just a quick question, but um, I know that in the governor's recommended budget, there was a request to eliminate the 11 positions that are ARPA funded. Can you talk to me a little bit about what kind of impact the agency is gonna face with that elimination? For the record, Cindy Pitlock. So in Nevada, there are no full-time state resources dedicated to ensuring there is an adequate, well-trained behavioral health workforce. A comprehensive behavioral health service array for children and families or ensuring that new and existing services are of high quality with proven positive outcomes. In other states, these functions are performed by a children's behavioral health authority. The initial purpose of this authority would be to provide structure, support and training and oversight of the ARPA projects coming online. Did On August that? 18th, 2022, the Joint Interim Standing Committee on Health and Human Services issued a work session document directing DCFS and DPBH to formulate a comprehensive state plan for behavioral health clinical standards. This includes regulatory clinical oversight of both community-based settings and institutional settings. We were also tasked with certifying or denying certification of behavioral health care programs. If those programs are not certified, they will be ineligible to receive state and federal funds. Thank you. DCFS and the State Board of Health are to adopt regulations that prescribe clinical care standards, and those cost savings were intended to be reinvested back into the program. The impact of elimination would mean there is no designated oversight on the quality of mental health services by providers that receive funding. However, we're bridging that right now with current staffing 
and also uh, utilizing contract staffing to help build out that behavioral health authority concept. And we're hoping to come back uh, in the interim to present what that build out would look like. So our bridge right now, ma'am, is current staffing. Thank you for the follow-up, Madam Chair. Okay, so then you're saying there's not, the elimination of these 11 positions aren't gonna impact the agency because you're currently fully staffed up? No, I'm saying that we're diverting current resources to cover the gap, but it certainly does have an impact systemically uh, when we're diverting resources from programs that are already understaffed. Mm -hmm. And then, if I could mention just one last follow-up. And so you said, so these 11 positions are going to be eliminated, but you will be contracting with contractors to kind of help as well. So we're still going to need that work to be done by somebody. For the record, Cindy Pitlock. So we're trying to lean in on contract staffing because we certainly have more flexibility with contract staffing versus hiring full-time state employees that may not have a position available uh, in 2024. And we're also working with the GFO relative to any budgetary amendments we may be able to be mutually agreeable upon. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the question. Does anyone else have any questions? Mm -hmm. No? Okay, seeing none, we will close our budget hearings for this morning. I wanna thank you again for braving the snow in Las Vegas. I know you've had some strong winds, so thank you very much for being here today. Mm -hmm. Next on our agenda is public comment. Each person has two minutes to provide testimony. You may submit written public comment to the committee up to 24 hours after the hearing. There we, we go. Start I've got work Carson to do. City. I'm gonna go to is the behavioral health and the requirements would for- like to, to the table for a public comment. I believe there is a requirement for the state to provide behavioral health. I believe that's a part of the receipt of the federal funding. Now I have to go look. So I've got to sign off on, I'm on Facebook Live. I'm here on my Anchor app. And then, of course, I'm over there on Wisdom. But y'all have a better day.